Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Salvation is a very comprehensive term. It involves taking sinners all the way from being redeemed and regenerated to being glorified with Christ in His glory. Living Stream Ministry welcomes you to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Joining us again to discuss today's life study is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're going to look again at Romans chapter 5, verse 10 today, Francis. And this has become quite a favorite verse in the life study of Romans. We seem to come back to it again and again. One of the significant aspects of this verse is that it refers to both our objective salvation, accomplished by Christ's death, and our subjective salvation, which is by the operation of his life. Why do we need a salvation, Francis, that is both objective and subjective? Well, this verse you referred to, Romans 5.10, says, For if we, being enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more we will be saved in his life, having been reconciled. This is a pivotal point in the book of Romans. It concludes the section on justification, which concerns what is accomplished objectively through Christ's death, and opens up the following section, which deals with the subjective salvation, which is in his life. This one verse deals with these two aspects, Christ's death for our reconciliation and Christ's life for our being saved. It's wonderful for us as sinners to be forgiven, and even more wonderful as enemies of God to be reconciled to God. But there is something much more, that is, to be saved in his life. The first four chapters of this book are regarding the redemption accomplished by Christ's death. The last twelve chapters speak in detail concerning the saving afforded by Christ's life. Being reconciled to God through Christ's death is an accomplished matter, but being saved in his life from so many negative things unto glorification is a daily matter. In my early years as a Christian, I could testify boldly and clearly about being forgiven and being justified. I thought that since I was saved, there was no more saving needed. I was just ignorant of so many negative, even sinful things, for which I needed Christ's much more salvation, just to read the Bible, tell others about Jesus, and try to be a good Christian. But in the light of this verse, and I would say through this ministry, I have discovered that I and every Christian need both the objective and subjective salvation. So this verse puts reconciled in the past tense, reconciled by his death. 
but being saved in his life as an ongoing, lifelong experience. Francis, this two-word phrase that you have used in your introduction, much more, I think has become very precious to those of us who have been involved in following this life study of Romans. That's really where we're going in our life study today. We're going to see more of what's included in the much more. Here's Witness Lee. We have seen, as we have been going on, this book reveals to us that there are seven items of the subjective and the strongest negative things from which we need to be saved in his life. Now, this morning, I would just mention these seven negative items. Number one, the law of sin. Up to now, I do believe that we all know what is the law of sin. Within us, in our fallen body, in the flesh, there is such a spontaneous power of sinfulness. Then number two, the item is worldliness. There's no school that teaches people to be worldly. But as long as one grows up to a certain age, haha, the worldly things will just rise up. Then, number three, that is the natural life. We were born natural. We all have a natural life, and we all have a natural disposition. Yet, anything that is natural is the enemy to God. So, for God's purpose, you and I need to be saved from our being natural. Yeah. Three items already. What else would you guess? And probably start to say, many of you dear ones never have considered that you would have such a kind of a terrible, troublesome, ugly item. You know what item? Individualism. And I would rather use another being individualistic. Then, number five. Number five is the matter of division. We are just divisive. We don't have to be one. We like to talk about oneness. But we don't like to be one. Why? To be one is to be limited. To be one is to be restricted. And to be one eventually is to be killed. The number six, probably, sorry to say, would be harder for you to pick up this item. That is the self-likeness. Sorry to say, you don't look like Christ. You don't have the likeness of Christ. 
You do have yourself licorice. You need to be conformed to his image. This is the number six item from which we all need to be saved in his life. Then the last item is what? The last item is our natural body. Eventually, in God's salvation, not only by the death of His Son, but also by His life, the salvation of God will be to save us out of this natural body. We will be glorified. Now, you have all the seven items from which we need to be saved. But this morning, we are trying the best to cover number four and number five items. To see how to be saved from being individualistic. And how to be saved from being divisive. In other words, we are going to see how to be built up and how to keep the real oneness. Well, Francis, we have a pretty long list of items here that, according to Witness Lee, we must be saved from. Of course, all real Christians know about being saved from sins. But would you agree that many of the things that we just heard about probably don't seem like that much of a problem to many believers. Yes, Chris, I certainly agree with that, uh, even myself included in the past. Many Christians have never thought of these things that Brother Lee uh, mentioned today as being matters from which we need Christ's saving life. However, I feel sure that any serious believer desiring to grow in the Lord would have recognized that something is really short in my Christian life. Many of us have experienced that, like Paul says, what I do not will, this I do. And sometimes we feel like crying out, as Paul mentioned in chapter 7, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? So we conclude that we will just continue to be defeated in our daily life until the Lord comes. This should not be, and must not be the case, because this verse says, much more we will be saved in his life, having been reconciled. These seven items from which we need to be saved are the subjective and the strongest negative things. Our sinfulness, which is still in our fallen body, our flesh. Then there is the matter of worldliness. I never realized what the world was until one day I read a book by Watchman Nee titled, Love Not the World. That really opened my eyes to see how worldly I was and even what constitutes the world. Then these other matters that Brother Lee mentioned, the natural life with its natural disposition. I thought I was just this way and there was not any real hope of a change. I don't think there are very many Christians who realize that to be natural is to be against God. Then we're brought up to the uh, matter of being individualistic. This ugly thing really gets exposed, especially in our married life, to be divisive. This is against God's desire and against Christ's prayer that we would be one. 
Then we're brought up to be conformed to the image of Christ. But we're so protective of our self-likeness. This is a result of the fall. We were created in God's image and after His likeness, but we still are under the effect of the fall, and so we still love ourselves, our self-likeness, and even our natural body being under the sentence of death. Yet through this wonderful, much more salvation will be glorified. Paul speaks of the redemption of our body. So hallelujah for such a wonderful, much more salvation from so many negative things. Francis, you quoted uh, Witness Lee's term of self-likeness, and that may seem a little strange or at least new to many of our listeners. I think an equivalent phrase that is very common today called self-image. Yes, that is a term that I know would uh, convey the same thought. Yes, I believe these are probably somewhat synonyms, but part of the much more salvation is that eventually we'll lose the image of self and be conformed more and more into his glorious image. Amen. This is a wonderful message. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of our life study today. Romans is a complete sketch, outline of the Christian life as well as the church life. It firstly shows us justification or redemption. And redemption or justification issues in life. A life leads to the building. So this book could be fully covered just by these three single words. Justification, life, and building. Justification issues in life. A life leads to building. Now, we are in the section of life, living to the section of building. Justification is not God's goal, neither life. Even life is not God's goal. God's goal is to have a building. God's goal is to have a body. God's goal is to build up a body for Christ's expression and a house for God's doing. This is why we are so much burdened here to help the saints to reach the matter of building. What is the trouble of building? The trouble of building is just us. So, to be built up with others, we need to be justified, and we need to be sanctified, and we need to be transformed. Otherwise, it'd be hard for us to be built together with others. Okay, this may sound quite much like just a doctrinal talk. Now, I would turn my doctrinal talk to something quite practical. We all are composed with three ugly things. Mind, emotion, and will. As we are these kind of persons, it's impossible. And this is why, go to 2,000 years, the Lord Jesus has never seen the real building. 
Well, Francis, the goal of our salvation, at least from God's perspective, as we're seeing revealed in these verses, is not the forgiveness of our sins, neither is it our receiving eternal life. The goal of salvation is the building up of the body of Christ for his ultimate expression. How are these three natural faculties of our being, our mind, our emotion, and our will, an obstacle or a frustration to God's gaining what he is really ultimately after? These are really summarized as the the problem. But when we Christians are enlightened about God's goal, as you mentioned, the building up of the body of Christ, and that for this all Christians need to be one, you know, inside we just spontaneously agree with this realization. But how can this be? How can we, how can this be worked out? We find the way in this book of Romans which can be summed up in these three words, justification, life, and building. We're justified when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This justification leads us to life and to life experiences, which is the continuation of our salvation experience. Neither justification or life is really God's goal. God's goal, as we've seen, is the building up of the body of Christ. And this building up is really the issue of the growth of life. So what is the problem that keeps Christians from being built up as the body of Christ? The problem is us. And it's a shortage of the growth in life. We are the problem. So for this, we need, we need to be transformed. This involves our mind, our motion, and our will. These three parts are the hindrance to God's building. If we continue in our natural concepts, in our dreams, in our ideas, and so on, how could we ever be one? The emotions are another problem. If our love and hates are not dealt with, we could never be one. We all have our own preferences. The same is true of our will. Is your will like a dove or like a mule? We all, more or less, are like a mule in our will, stubborn, individualistic. These three items of our soul, as you mentioned, are the reason that the church is not built up today. So we need to consecrate our mind, emotion, and will to the transforming work of the saving life of Christ within us. The word transformation has a spiritual connotation, and it may seem somewhat removed, but I believe the way that you just connected it to these three very intimate things with which we're very well acquainted in our own being, our mind, our mule-like will, and our fickle and fleeing emotions. This connects this matter of transformation very much to our daily going on with the Lord. I realize that that's not a commonly used word with a proper understanding, but this is the understanding. It has to do with the the real working of the divine life into our mind, into our emotion, and into our will. Very good. Thank you, Francis. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. We are just at a crucial point. We have come here, and we are here for the Lord's recovery. And the Lord's recovery is to recover Christ and the church for a real building of a body. How much we have to consecrate ourselves for this purpose. 
I heard thousand times the saints say, I consecrate myself to Christ and the church. But I like to hear, I like to <laughs> consecrate myself to Christ and the church by laying myself on the altar and letting the Lord come in to deal with my mind, to deal with my emotion, and to deal with my will. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified. Where is this I? Your I. My I. This I. Where is this I? We all have to realize our I is just in our mind. The I of yours is in your mind, is in your will, is in your emotion. In the family life, in the church life, the real problem is with the eye. With your eye. With my eye. With our eye. As long as the eye is prevailing, I tell you, Jesus has no position to do anything. He has no chance to live within you. Yes, you have the doctrine much more, I shall be saved in his life. Yet, this life doesn't have any chance to do anything. It is not he that lives in you, practically speaking, but your I lives in your emotions. This is why we have to be dealt with in our will, in our emotion, in our mind. I am not repeating something again and again. No, the speaking spirit within me does have a burden. How much more we shall be saved in his life. Yet, his life has to live with him. And we have to offer ourselves to him for him to live within us. But to see this is easy. But to experience our real consecration, it needs a lot of practical dealing. Brothers, and sisters, I just say this to you. We need his life to save us. And for his life to save us, there is the need of a long process of exposure. Especially to save us from being individualistic. To build up together. Build all of us up together. Well, the word is so short, but implication is profound. How could you and I be members one to another in the one body? There's no other way. But the way is to have our natural mind, emotion, and will that way that the Lord Jesus may have a chance 
to live in us, to save us from our being individualistic. Then we are about. Francis, I'm very much caught by this last sentence, that there is no other way for us to be in this building up of his body, but to allow the Lord to deal with our natural mind, our natural emotions, and our natural will. Just how does the Lord carry out this dealing work, and how can we best cooperate with him for his accomplishment of it? Well, I believe the Lord carries out this dealing work first by exposing what we are, what we are in our mind, in emotion, and will. And as we open ourselves up to the indwelling spirit, we will experience the killing work of the cross. We must say with the Apostle Paul and even experience what he said, I, the mind, emotion, and will, am crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. This kind of experience cannot be realized just by yourself. You need to be with others. There can be no building up individually. Christ wants a corporate body, and ultimately he wants a corporate bride. So we need to consecrate ourselves to him and to his purpose, which is to build up the body of Christ. Francis, this was a very enlightening life study today. I appreciate your being here with us, and I hope you'll come back very soon to help us once again with this program. Thank you. I enjoy being here. We look forward to having you back with us next week for another week of the Life Study of Romans with Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.